title of my talk is The Late Age of uh, Biopolitics. Uh, in my country, as in many others, something like a war medicine has been improvised in full case and confusion at the time the pandemic was out of control. This is the first wave in March, April, May, approximately. This phenomenon might be the global north radical turn that affects the general conditions of what Foucault calls the government of the living, or more generally speaking, biopower, biopolitics. This bifurcation, this radical turn, is what I will deal with in this brief talk. The first and decisive gesture of this medicine, and more generally of this police of the living, placed under the sign not only of emergency, but chaos and improvisation, is selection, I mean sorting. It consists in selecting, selecting those who will be given a chance to have an access to an adequate treatment, that is tests, hospitalization, special units, uh, respirators, treatment by specialized personnel, etc. And this, by contrast, with those who will be asked to keep away from the hospital, to stay at home, to take aspirin, wait and see, give a call to their family doctor if their condition worsens, and only call the emergency number in case of extreme distress and aggravation of the symptoms. In the case of old people's nursing homes, the rule was even harsher. The buildings were locked in and out. Most of the persons infected were let die. The personnel was not protected and not allowed to stay away. The families of the patients were not permitted to visit their parents in agony and not even to attend the burials, which hardly merited the term. Selection is, in this context, a horrible term, for it immediately rings a bell for us Europeans. It reminds us of the way the SS used to select the deported racial persecuted as these arrived at the extermination camps and got off the trains. The way the SS sorted out those who were supposed to be fit or forced labor and those who were directly sent to the chamber gas, to the gas chamber. Uh, by using that word in the context of the pandemic, I do not intend to place together the respective contexts of, of situations of the extermination camp and the pandemic that would be, let's say, quite obscene. My only intention is to draw your attention on the fact that the selection, the selections that were actually enacted at a great scale as the epidemic reached its peak in West European countries in the US and other regions were not done at random, but according to distinct criteria. Those who were supposed to be treated, that is, may live, if 
possible, were the strongest, the youngest, the healthiest, the young people in a good condition, notably, whereas those who were let die or abandoned to their fate were the seniors, elderly persons already suffering from other pathologies and having the professionally active part of their life behind them, or as well, the outsiders, the dejected, the isolated. And this is where the problem is, if we consider the general picture of the pandemic, not so much from the classic ethical angle, but just from the biopolitical viewpoint. In France, more than 30,000 persons, much more now, maybe uh, 500, 5,000 more, died from the virus. One third of them were residents in the nursing homes, which is an exorbitant proportion if you envision it from the angle of the pyramid of ages. It shows distinctly that these persons, as a demographic and social category, have been the object of unapproved negative procedures of selection. Clusters could develop and prosper in many of these homes in the absence of any proper emergency measure implemented by the political and medical authority, local and national. As a consequence, the elderly people who were residents in these nursing homes were let down. That is abandoned because they were implicitly or explicitly considered as a social dead load. This is where the radical term, the bifurcation I mentioned, is. What we saw appear as the epidemic reached its, its peak was a political breach. That is what we have to, and this is what we have to think about, to meditate upon. This in particular in relation to the founding concepts Foucault has coined in the context of the promotion of his analytics of biopower, notions like biopolitics, anatomopolitics, thanatopolitics, government of the living, human pastorate. What is the substance of the let's die gesture? As it was enacted by various authorities and powers towards various human categories, grasped in, in biopolitical terms, and this during the first wave of the epidemic. Of course, it is quite different from another gesture which consists in making die, that is killing or making kill certain categories of people. But with all these differences, it remains that this form of abandonment, let die, is active. And this is where the verb let can be in English deceitful. When you make a selection and sort out those who will be given a chance to live by being granted an appropriate treatment, and those who will be abandoned to their fate, you make decisions. You make decisions in a context where everything is a matter of life and death. In purely biopolitical, in a purely biopolitical context, you restore whatever your intentions might be, the traditional position of the sovereign, 
as he is the one who is entitled to decide upon the life and the death of his subjects. You, of course, are not in the monarch's shoes who exhibits his might and glory by spilling the bloods, his enemies or his subjects' blood. You are not even uh, in an evil god's shoes like the SS on the ramp of Birkenau. But with all that, you incarnate some sort of a grey, eerie and sinister ambiguous figure of restored sovereignty. And this by denying and repudiating the most elementary principles of modern biopolitics, which is make people live as they make up the indivisible collective body of a population. The divide that has appeared in many Western societies in the context of the pandemic between different categories of the living, this divide makes clear that in the present conditions, those of, let's say, market democracy colonized by neo-ultra-liberal paradigms, the right to live, as it was promoted by the welfare state, and this from the end of the Second World War, this has become conditional and selective. Actually, what has come to light with the pandemic is not unprecedented. What has happened to us, ordinary citizens, in these countries, as the virus has begun to haunt our latitudes, is exactly what has been happening to the migrants as and all the, let's say, undesirable damned of the earth who try to reach our coasts on makeshift boats or to cross Europe's border. As a rule, they are not killed by European soldiers or policemen. They are just let die. Let die in the waters of the Mediterranean Sea, in camps ruled by rogue militias in Libya or on their way to Europe. They are not exterminated, but a certain proportion of them does perish as a result of active and planned decisions having inside their rejection and abandonment as their life as outsiders having no vocation to be included within our vital space. In chapter 5 of his book, Right uh, of Death and Power of Life, Foucault insists first uh, of the book, sorry, uh, what is the title of the book? Um, the Will to Knowledge, sorry. Um, Foucault insists first of all on the positive dimension of biopolitics as the matrix of modern power which transforms itself into a power to foster life, that is to administer it. But at the same time, he stresses that the horizon of death never disappears when we pass from a traditional regime of power to a modern, just the opposite. Modern power, he says, is a power to foster life or disallow it to the point of death. And he adds this, 
massacres have become vital. Foucault continues, massacres have become vital. They are just the reverse side of the coin of, I quote, a power that exerts a positive influence on life, that endeavors to administer, to optimize and multiply it, subjecting it to precise controls and comprehensive regulations, end of quote. If you want, in more popular terms, uh, modern power and its uh, biopolitic matrix are some sort of a doppelganger. That is Dr. Jekyll on the one hand, Mr. Hyde on the other. For this reason, if we follow Foucault's reasoning and description of modern power, we should not wonder so much about what happened in countries like France, Spain, Italy, etc., and the US, of course. As the pandemic reached its uh, climax during the first half of uh, this year, it's just that Mr. Hyde uh, took the upper hand over Dr. Jekyll, and this, as lots of people, the weakest, the poorest, the subalterns, the outcasts, were disallowed, disallowed by various authorities, and this to the point of death. A simple effect or consequence of the double nature of modern constellation of power. Uh, as Foucault uh, points there. But things are not so simple, and this is what I would like to argue. I have to make clear why I speak of a term, a term in the history of biopolitics, or of a decisive twist in its general uh, constitution as a police of the living. When Foucault speaks of vital massacres perpetrated by modern powers, what he has in mind is clear. How, in a war led by nation-states nation all through the history of the second part of the 19th century and the, during the 20th century, let's say a given population has been, as a whole, exposed to death, and this in the name of the common interest. This is the essence of national wars. In, Foucault perspective, in Foucault's perspective, there is no breach between this figure and what appears in the era of the genocide or of atomic power, Auschwitz and Hiroshima. But what matters for him is to stress that the way the shadow of genocide overhangs the history of the 20th century and this is by no way a consequence of the return of what he calls the old right to kill. I quote him, if genocide is indeed the dream, the dream of modern powers, this is not because of a recent return to the ancient right to kill, it is because power is situated and exercised at the level of life, the species, the race, and the large-scale phenomena, the large-scale phenomena of population, end of quote. As you can see clearly, the milieu where these disasters and massive crimes that are related to the fate of the modern state happen, this milieu is history. 
notably the history of the 20th century, placed under the sign of catastrophe, apocalypse, and terror. This is what the dark side of biopolitics, the stanatopolitics, is in this context inseparable from. But what we are talking about today is very, if not completely, different. The disasters that exemplify and actualize the term of biopolitics take place in a completely different media, that is environment and health. And this from Chernobyl to COVID-19, passing through Tsunami, uh, Fukushima, etc., etc. As I said, the answer to such more or less disrupted phenomena by the people in charge in Western countries consists in implementing a sly, oblique, unconfessed form of let die. But the decisive factor we have to take here into consideration, and this is actually where the turn is, is the destruction of the welfare state, the social state. What I'm talking about derives directly from projects, programs, choices, the general shortage of masks at the beginning of the pandemic in France is the result of such a policy. That is, stocks of masks have been destroyed in the period preceding the appearance of the epidemic, and it continued destruction of masks even as the infection had begun to skyrocket. The dismantling of the public hospital as a general system at the service of the population has been organized and implemented in a systematic way. And this happened as a result of the colonization of our rulers' brains by the neo-ultra-liberal mantras. For these eggheads, the public health had to be ruled and managed like a factory, like a business. And the result is this during the first wave of the pandemic. The welfare state had to be dismantled because it had a vocation to be all-inclusive, to be egalitarian to a broad extent, to be protective, reconstructive, that is, care for the weakest, weakest and the outsiders was an integral part of its program. And all this vehemently conflicts with the so-called values and principles of the new species of rulers who are in charge in our countries. And this is why social security, unemployment, benefits, uh, and services for the migrants are in their collimata. The result is that in our present, the political fracture is gaping not only in these circumstances mentioned by Foucault, as the population is taken hostage and collectively exposed to death by its rulers in the context of a conflict with another state, but now in a situation where what is at stake is the basic elementary right to life of a population in a context of peace, where a collective health challenges, collective health challenges, challenge appears and where the authority is supposed to face up its responsibilities and display its competence in terms of care for all, that is protection of the collective bios uh, 
is in charge free. What we see appear under such circumstances is a quite new parody based on subliminal messages like that. You have to know your people population that given the seriousness of the situation, the task we leading elites have to face urgently and the limits of the resources we can rely on. In these conditions, not all of you will be taken care of. We cannot do it. A certain proportion of you, poor mortals, will be just abandoned to its fate and treated as expendable. Expendable. We are not even sorry for that. These are the facts of life, etc. In other terms, it's a radical term, or it means that the divide line that separates biopolitics in its positive acceptation, uh, care, administration of life, and thanatopolitics have become indistinct. The withering of the social state is not a process that only affects the history of the state and the social institutions. It is uh, as we uh, have seen from this example, the collective experience of the pandemic, it is a phenomenon that has much to do with a decivilization process at local and global scale. It, and it is endowed with what Foucault would call a diagnostic or prognosis value, and it designs uh, the profile of what I would call late biopolitics. Just one more thing on here. I want, I want to say something on <laughs> So this term I have tried to sketch out briefly is obviously, let's say, the rule, the general rule, as far as liberal democracies are concerned. And conversely, the continuation of a positive biopolitical approach of the pandemic, as it has happened in Taiwan or South Korea, is rather the exception. But this exception, as it has been lauded and praised worldwide, should be looked at, let's say, critically. Uh, the background of the competence of the elites and the good care of the population displayed on this occasion have a distinct background. This distinct background backdrop is, of course, the good state of local economies with growth rates which Europe has already forgotten. Europe has forgotten that such growth rates can exist. So, um, a good health of economy that makes it possible to maintain and sustain a good political governance in key sectors like education and health. It's not a matter of virtue, it's a matter of money and resources. For the social state, it's something that has a cost. But this exception, or miracle, miracle if you want, it has a distinct reverse side, which is less bright and which is that the good health of the economy relies on models of development which are not only detrimental to the environment, which are not sustainable, but quite suicidal, suicidal 
and destructive. And this is the first reason why the success in the containment of the pandemic that the people in charge in Taiwan are so loudly boasting about is, in the long term, a Kyrgyz victory. And the second reason I wanted to mention is death, this horrible thing. <laughs> See how, I mean, people who are so happy about that meeting, that guy on the left, you know who he is? He's the Minister for Health of the United States. That is the powerful country who has the worst record on the uh, uh, pandemic. So this guy should be in jail. <laughs> he should be in jail and, and, and not uh, wandering through East Asia. So, and being so proud about this meeting, this is, I say, not having any sense of the ridiculous.